Welcome to the Faith Mama Mondays podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. And we're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect and we mess up. A lot. But we have been called to a mighty work. Motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry. But we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mama Mondays is a place where we can connect, laugh, and even cry together. It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds us together. Welcome to Faith Mama Mondays. Hello, mamas. Welcome to another episode of Faith Mama Mondays. We are super excited to be digging into the topic of love and continuing our discussion and growth through motherhood. Today we have a listener that will be joining us discussing love, and Chelsea, our, one of our listeners, is going to be giving us her testimony and sharing a piece of her story, and uh, we're all excited to learn and grow from her testimony and learn and grow with you all. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for bringing us together for another episode of Faith Mama Mondays. We thank you for all the moms who are tuning in and listening, Father God. We just pray, Father God, that every ear listening to this podcast, Lord God, that you would touch their hearts, Lord God, and move in in their lives in the way that you see fit. We pray that this podcast be a blessing and that your word and your truth be set forth, Lord God, and that you would just move in the spirit, Father God, and be with us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. All right. So before we talk to Chelsea and get going, you guys know we have to have a little fun and have our mom life segment. And so this is a portion of the podcast in which we share stories that we experience in motherhood. Some of them make you cry. Some maybe make you want to pull your hair out. Hopefully not. Some make you scream. Some just make you flat out laugh. So let's get going. Let's get started. Do you ladies have any stories to share for this week? I have one. It literally just happened like 30 minutes ago. So this is fresh off the press, guys. So I was sitting upstairs. My father-in-law is here, and we were all sitting in in the living room. And my father-in-law looks at Micah, and he goes, Micah, you know your father married a beautiful, wonderful woman. And Micah looks at him and goes, who's that? I'm like, really? (laughs) I felt some kind of way. I'm like, hello, we just talked about being married, how daddy's married to mommy, all this stuff. And then he was like, beautiful, wonderful woman. Who's that? I'm like, you know what? Whatever. So that was my mom life moment. It was funny. And then I was like sitting there like, I'm going to get you little boy. When you turn, I don't know how old, this is coming back to you. That's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mom they say the most amazing things, you know. Like that makes me because Micah's house four, four, mm-hmm. four. Yep. So London just turned three, and um, so lately her vocabulary has just exploded overnight. <laughs> and so I was talking to her, and I was telling her to come here because she needed to put her coat on so we could get ready to go outside. And she said, "Mommy." Hold on one second. I'm doing something. And y'all, I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) 
And the only reason I recognize the hold on one second is because I say it to her all the time because she likes this mommy, 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 mommy. I'm like, one second, one second, mommy, 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 you know. And so when she told me, mommy, hold on one second, I'm doing something, <laughs> I had to count down, guys. <laughs> I had to count down. That's all I had to say. They say some stuff, y'all. Woo. It's Pray for me. <laughs> yeah. So I have one for uh, this week, and this happened, like, two days ago. I had, like, a crazy busy day, like, work day. It was insane. And we've started this new thing where we leave Brooklyn um, in her room safely to just play by herself for, like, you know, anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes just so we can kind of have some time to, like, breathe. And so Jeffrey put her in her room, and she was safely playing, and so he's downstairs in the kitchen doing something, and he's like, you know, it's really quiet upstairs. I haven't heard her, so let me go check. He goes upstairs, and he finds our daughter covered, and this will sound familiar, Dominique. Oh, no. <laughs> covered from the top of her hair to in between her toes in A&D ointment. She has <laughs> One sleeve out of her shirt, and this child had A&D ointment everywhere, in the carpet, on the walls, in her hair. It was everywhere. And so I wasn't even home when this happened. I, so I come home, I walk in the door, and Jeffrey's like, you need to come upstairs right now. I'm like, what? what? Why? I'm thinking, like, is she doing something super cute? So I, like, race upstairs, and I find her just slathered and greasy, and I just, like, fell on the floor laughing because there was just, there's no other reaction that I could have. And so, yeah, I put her in the bathtub. She still came out smelling like A&D ointment, and she was, like, extra shiny for a couple of days. <laughs> Man. All right, Shells, I know as a military mom, you've got to have one. I do. <laughs> I, I guess just being a military mom um, and, ha- you know, everything is – you're pressed for time for everything, and then you sit around and wait for something, you know. But, like, Ruben tends to be um, – my son's five, by the way, almost five and a half. And he tends to be really oblivious to everything. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're rushing and you're like, come on, well, I, I still got to put my shoes on. And I still got to brush my teeth. You should have done that already. <laughs> so he he's kind of slow now, but he's super oblivious to um, – you know, when I'm stressed out. So there was this one time we were traveling from um, the States back to Japan, and we had a connecting flight in Taiwan. We were connecting in Taipei. It was my first time <clears throat> at this airport, which is humongous, and I ended up at the wrong gate. We were there for five hours, mind you. Um, wow. Like, oh, let's go eat, and we go eat, and we've got, like, three hours left, and um you know, I'm like, oh, let me just head to the gate. We have, you know, an hour, maybe 45 minutes left before we're supposed to start boarding. Some of the gates are labeled the same, and I'm in a country where I can't read any of the language, and some of the words are in English, um, but it's not, like, correct. So you're kind of trying to decipher what it's actually trying to tell you to do. So um, we're headed to our gate, and I sit there, and then... Um, I'm waiting for, you know, we're early, so I'm like, okay, well, this doesn't say, you know, it's going to Okinawa. 
And then I wait a little more, and I'm like, it still doesn't say it. We should be boarding here pretty soon. Um, and then I ask someone, and they're like, no, no, it's like on the other side on a totally different terminal. Oh, no. So carrying Ruben's stuff, and he's just, he's got cars. That was his, like, that's all he had. And he's just like, la, 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 and I'm panicking. Like, let's go, hurry up. And he's like, okay, mommy, I'm coming. <laughs> and here's, you know, because my flight is about to, you know, I, I hear them announcing it, and I get there literally maybe as they're getting ready to close the door <laughs> because it took so long to get to um, the other terminal. And I, we walked the whole way. There aren't, like, it's not like the States where you take a train and you take a bus or whatever. You had to, I had to walk the whole way carrying all these bags, and they, they just get heavy after a while. And Ruben is just super calm the whole time. Like, I mean, and then he's like, can you carry me? And I'm like, no. Ninja Turtle, like a rolling bag. And he loved carrying it. And so I'm like, well, you got to keep up. And he's like, okay, I'm coming. <laughs> Wait, it's like three and a half, maybe four at this point. I don't know. Um, so we're we're going coming along, and I'm starting to like tear up, and I'm ready to cry. And I turn the corner, and there was our gate. <laughs> and I'm like, we're gonna be stuck in this country, and I don't know how we're gonna get out. Um, <laughs> but we made it. We ended up making it. And instead of him, you know, throwing a fit, and I'm tired, and I'm hungry, and I'm thirsty, and I have to potty. Like he just trucked along. And at that that day, he was the calm in the middle of my extreme panic. Um, oblivious to the fact that we're in another country and we might get stuck here, more plane tickets, and yeah. So I, he's, I love that about him, even though it drives me crazy sometimes. <laughs> Man, that is so awesome. I, kids are, kids are awesome. They teach you so much, even in the moments where you want to pull your hair out. Like seriously, mm-hmm. they teach you. Like this is how you, this is how we should go through life. You know, calm, playing with our cars, asking God to carry us because our bags are too heavy. <laughs> so All right. Well, ladies, we are about to jump into our topic of the day. We are in the uh, month where we're talking about love. Uh, last week we talked about loving ourselves. We've really been digging into this topic. And today we are going to be talking about love after pain, which – there has been a little bit of a buzz about, actually, I've talked to a couple of moms that are like, well, how do I love someone that's hurt me? Or how do I continue to love when I just feel like I keep getting hurt every single time I put myself in a position of vulnerability, which love can be. And so before we jump into scripture, I'm going to just ask Chelsea about your testimony. Is there any time or instance where you found yourself hurt after extending yourself in love? Yeah, so I I have multiple testimonies. Um, and I'll, I'll share the first one. If I have time, I'll share um, the second one. But there, there, I can say that off the top there are four. But the first one was I was I got married really young. I was um, 19 years old. I met him. I was 18, and we were together for a little while. And it's my first time away from home, and I feel like you know I really love this guy. And and he he wasn't foreign to who God was. Um, he was actually an ordained minister at the time, and we're the same age. I think he was maybe a year, a year older than me. 
And so we got married and we were, were sent away to Germany. And, um, and I had prayed that, you know, the whole time, God, should I, should I do this? But there was kind of a little bit of myself in there where my parents were like, don't get married. Um, you're too young. And, you know, my, I, I felt like, no, I can do this. Like, I, I know I love this guy. Um, he loves me. And we're going to make this work, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're young, you know, we're, we think like nothing, nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. Um, so we get to Germany and we're, we're stationed apart. Um, we're stationed, our, our um, bases are about two hours apart. So we live, you know, 45 minutes in between. And he, he, I don't know, he started hanging around with people that, um, so he made music and I was completely supportive of, of what he was doing. <clears throat> but the people that he was with, his management, things were like, oh, the wives can't be involved um, because it's going to get in the way of, um, of, you know, the shows and things. Although he and I had talked about it, like, I, I understand, you know, your role. And, you know, I trust you. I'm there with you. I see everything. And we're going home together. And so... Um, Anyway, so he meets different different types of people, and then wives were banned from attending, and he meets someone who she's she's a dependent, meaning she so she is the daughter of someone who is active duty. She ended up being she was another rapper, and he, they would record together a lot um, along with all of the other people. They'd come to my house and do the same thing. So I you know I was aware of everything going on. Well, because we were stationed apart, um, he spent a lot of time on his base and I didn't know if it was for work or anything like that or sometimes he'd be like oh yeah we're gonna go record this you know somewhere else well he started having an affair with this this female and um I, I ended up catching wind of it from someone else because you know his friends they they liked me they respected me and um one girl was like yeah you know I really think you should you know it's not my business but you know if it was me I'd want to know and so I asked him and he outright was like yeah hang out with her a lot, like, all the time, and I, I was so hurt, it was, um, it was really, really hard to deal with at the time, um, because I'm in another country, I don't have any, you know, his friends are my friends, I, I don't really have a whole lot, you know, going on in my base, my family is, you know, asleep because of the time change, and so he, he essentially was my family, and so when that happened, I felt like, well, I have no one, you know, and so some of the things that, that went on were kind of, you know, right in front of me. And uh, I was filled with a lot of hate, a lot of hate. And I remember distinctly, you know, no one, when you pray, you, you pray about um, prosperity and you pray about, like, health and, and good things, right? No one prays that something, sometimes, you know, you unintentionally pray for bad things to happen. But I distinctly remember saying, God, I, he needs to die, like, I cannot, I, I can't move forward with my life. Like, I, I this is just the worst. <clears throat> and he, you know, brought over the over to the house, and he just, he treated me horribly because of this girl. And I remember I hated her, too. And her mother called me one time. was like, oh, well, she's a grown-up. Um, she can sleep with and hang out with whoever she wants. I'm like, but he's married. You know, don't, you know, don't you want someone to respect your marriage? And she's like, Oh, my marriage is fine, but yours isn't any type of peaches and cream, and so it was bound to happen to you anyway. So here I am, you know, alone <clears throat> in this other country, and you would think that another woman who's married would, would understand you and support you, and she absolutely didn't. 
um, very disrespectful. And so I, I, I prayed and I went to church and I was like, I want my marriage. You know, I know that uh, it's not perfect, but I made vows and I want to honor my vows. And it got to the point where uh, it was so bad that he got physical with me and ended up actually breaking my nose. And even by then, like, that was actually the last, the very last straw. And I was like, I, I cannot be in a um, in an abusive relationship. And so that's when I, at that point, I filed for divorce and then found out that the girl had gotten pregnant. I was like, oh, that's something I don't think I can deal with either. But still wanting to repair everything um, prior to that, I, I prayed and um, you know, because as women were taught that, as Christian women were taught that we have, you know, power in prayer over our husband. Um, but I can say that if it's not God's will, it's just not His will, and it's and and that's something I always prayed about. You know, Lord, if it's Your will, if it's Your will, uh, let it be. Even even though my desire is for my marriage to work, it ended up not working out. I filed for divorce, and I was very broken. I gave up on God at that point. I actually, at, at the church, the, I went to the pastor and I was like, um, what do I do? You know, because I felt like the right thing to do was regardless, I made vows and I need to honor them. And he was like, no, you know, this is not healthy. Like you, you in, the, in this case, you should get divorced. And with that, I just kind of, I felt anger towards God as well. Like he abandoned me. You know, I prayed about the marriage, and I thought it was going to work out, and I thought, you know, I had confirmation, and here it is, like, completely broken and shattered, and here I am, broken, you know, physically broken, emotionally, my mental is just, you know, I'm I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I, I hadn't, I had fast all the time, so I had lost, like, 15, 20 pounds at the time, I was losing weight, and now my spirit, my spiritual is just, like, is done, I'm tapped out. And, um, but God has sent me, you know, a brother who would pray for me, with me as well. So I had, I had a friend there that, um, that kind of, that helped me through. And, um, so afterward, after all of that, you know, I filed for divorce and this is my first experience with what I thought was real love and marriage. Um, and, and it's just gone now. Um, I didn't believe that I could ever care about anybody else again. And um, later on, I ended up, I did meet someone else. It was super unhealthy. It was an unhealthy relationship, but I wanted, I, I wanted to fill a void. So this unhealthy relationship, um, you know, led to a lot of drinking. Um, I experimented with drugs, and um, it was just really, really unhealthy. But I felt like, you know, this is, like, what does God, you know, like, I know he doesn't want this for me, but he didn't want my marriage to work either, so I guess I can do whatever I want. Like, it doesn't doesn't matter. You know, kind of like a rebellious kid. That relationship definitely failed after two years. Later on, I ended up finding, I ended up meeting someone else. And it was really, really, really hard to trust really anybody. Um, since then, I've always gosh, even now that I think about it, you know, I've always kind of just kept to myself. I don't have like a big circle of friends um, because after that experience, I just, it's just hard to really trust anyone except for family. Like, you know, fam my family has always been there. Um, but somehow um, God, through that experience, um, I, I grew, even though I was doing a lot of toxic things, I still, I still prayed and I still, 
I still went to church um, up until I met this new individual, and then I kind of just abandoned everything. But um, but I still he was still growing me, and he was still showing me things about myself that I didn't know. And I did spend countless hours, you know, in tears and, and just really in a lot of pain um, and just trying to find an outlet. But at some point, I realized that he, he was my outlet. And I remember after the second individual, you know, after he left, and I had, again, I was alone in Germany with no one. I, I prayed and I was like, Lord, how could I abandon you? You know, even though, even though I went through all of this, um, I'm, I'm alone again and you, you're still there. You're know, still with me. And I felt hurt. I, I, I was hurt because of myself. Um, and through that, I, I realized that God God has never, like, he, he's never left me. Even though I was doing some pretty bad things, um, he's always stood with me, and he's always kind of pulled me out of, um, of ashes when I had nothing left. And I realized that the, the root of that problem wasn't the people. Yes, it, was, it stemmed from people, but the real um, source of, of my trust was I lost trust in God. This is so powerful. The story is just so powerful. And I'm actually going to change a little bit of the direction of where we're going because the story was just so powerful. So one of the things that I just want to kind of piggyback or kind of grow into uh, after what Chelsea just shared is that a lot of times when we experience pain or when we experience heartache, we may not say it, but one of the first people that we kind of shut down toward is God. And it's like, God, where were you? God, why weren't you there? When we find that we are experiencing pain and we find that we are having a difficult time connecting with God through that pain, then what happens is we then find a difficult time connecting with ourselves. We have a different, difficult time connecting with others. That pain has now caused a breach in our relationship with God. And so now... The question then becomes not how to love again after pain, but how to love God again after pain, how to reestablish that relationship with him. And I'm actually going to jump. We're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. And we were here at the first love session. And I just want to read it again. But this time I want to think about are we behaving in this fashion towards God? And if not, where is the breach? Has something come and infiltrated our relationship with him? So it just says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And a big thing as I was reading that scripture just again just now, that part where it says love never fails, it's so hard when, you know, you go through things or you go through difficult things with people to actually allow that part to resonate. Like love never fails. What do you mean I've seen failed love all over the place? But what I'm realizing as I continue to read and press, it's when you make the choice to love, you can't fail. 
Like when you make the choice to love and, the, and you make the decision to walk in love, when you make the choice to walk in patience and to walk in kindness, when you make those decisions in the midst of all types of storms and chaos and craziness, when you make those types of decisions, you are continuing to walk in your purpose. But now we're going to talk about are we making those decisions towards God? Are we patient with God? Are we, are we kind toward God? Are we self-centered when we're dealing with God? So now I have a question. Now that we're thinking about this in regards to our relationship with God, what are you ladies thinking? What are your thoughts? I can say, like, my – I was thinking kind of really along the same lines that you were, that um, when we say love never fails, it's, it's to me, it's, it's, it's a decision. Um, when divorces happen – we decide if that's what's going to happen, you know, or we decide that we're not happy um, for whatever reason. Now I'm asking for a divorce. Um, so in, in that essence, we allow the failure to happen. But if you, but if, if failure, if you look at failure as not being an option at all, and you can push forward without, and love won't fail. Granted, in my situation, it just, I, I, I sought guidance and, um, the guidance I, I got was, you know, it's unhealthy. And, and in that regard, maybe it just wasn't love. It wasn't love from God. Um, because how can someone who, who truly loves me treat me in such a way um, and, and abandon me? But that's what's so amazing to me about or what God had showed me is that he would never, never do that to me. Um, he will not fail me. And that's what I had to learn. Like, even though I abandoned him um, because I was so hurt um, and I thought, you know, he, he failed me, um, he, he, he didn't. Um, I chose to go the other route. So to me, it's a decision. And, and you know what, Chelsea, I love what you said when you were like, maybe it wasn't love because we um, – have things going on there where things are such counterfeit, you know, and I'm so glad, Dominique, you took us back to what the definition of love is because I feel that um, sometimes we don't know what, exactly what it is. You know, we define love by what we see on TV, maybe how we've been treated, our environment, but the truth of what true love is that won't fail, like what you just said is where the biblical truth comes in and what God has showed us. And you know, Dominique, I feel to answer some of what you were saying, too, um, how, how do we get there? How do we, you know, like not blame God first? And, and it's really understanding that he is for us. Like it's just some things you have to accept, you know. You know how it is like in math, you have to accept the fact that that little pi sign equals 3.14. And I'm like, how does that equal 3.14? You know, I struggle with it because I always had to try to understand, like, what is it? Is it the three lines? Come on, work with me here. Give me something to help me. I need to get this equation. But some things you just, when I learned in math to say, look, this is what it is, stop trying to reason it out, just take it. That little funny pie thing that they call a pie equals 3.14. It is. And it's the same thing with God. Stop trying to, and he loves you. I don't care what you did. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, he is, he unconditionally loves you, and he will never leave you. It's just point blank. And it's hard to accept sometimes because we can't see him. You know, we can't see him. But 
you know, when I find when I get in those situations where I can't see him, I'm like, God, I don't know how to, because I struggle with it sometimes too. You know what he's told me to do lately? Look in the mirror. Close your eyes. Look in the mirror. The heart is pumping. I'm like, I made it so it pumps for you and it gives you blood. Come on, like your brain is working right now. Like, I made it work. You're the smartest thing I ever made. Like, like that's, I did that. And he just kind of starts bringing stuff to kind of help my mind rest assured because he knows I'm a thinker that, hey, I'm here. I exist, and I love you. And so that's my prayer for everyone who's struggling with that, because I think sometimes you struggle with it because you can't, like, see him. You're like, he's here. Where is he? You know, but I just pray he just gives his revelation, and then his Holy Spirit will just engulf whoever feels that way to listen to this podcast right now. Because let me assure you, he is so real and so much closer to you than you would ever believe. Just take a deep breath in and breathe out. That is all. He is there. No, that's that's really good and really powerful. And one of the things that I was uh, that the spirit put on my heart as as you guys were um, sharing your thoughts is that like when we go through painful situations, like the reason we choose not to see God in those painful situations is because like we try to put God in our definition of love, right? We try to put God in the box to say like. You know, you have to fit into what I think love is, God, and 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 then we that, then that turns into anger and all kinds of other emotions toward God because God didn't fit into our definition of what we thought love is. But that's what I love so much about going back to First Corinthians is like, no, this is what God says love is. This definition right here that we've been studying for three weeks now. This is what God says love is, and so when we are facing storms and we go through pain, are we seeing God through his eyes or are we seeing God through what we want love to look like? Man, that is so powerful. I, oh man, as we're reading and we're talking, one of the things that keeps popping out in my eyes as I'm looking at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 is in verse 7. It says, it always protects or love always protects. And we know that scriptures tell us that God is love. So ultimately, this right here is a definition of exactly who God is. And a lot of times when we go through pain, the question becomes, God, where were you? Why didn't you protect me? Where were you? Why weren't you there? And as we're just going through this and even listening to Chelsea's testimony, and I know each and every one of us have a testimony of a similar experience where it's like, where were you, God? Why did I have to go through this? And I'm thinking about my children and how I will always protect them. But that doesn't mean that bad things won't happen to them. Mm-hmm. But I will be right there to make sure that they, they get through those bad things. They'll be able, they'll have somebody to talk to. They'll have, they will have somebody where they won't feel alone. They'll have somebody where they can grow from the experience as opposed to let the experience consume them. Like, they will have me there. I, as Chelsea was sharing her testimony, one of the biggest things, ooh, I'm getting missy-eyed, but one of the biggest things that I was seeing is God saying, I will always protect you. 
It won't always be comfortable, but you can guarantee that I will always be there. And you can guarantee that I will always make sure that you grow from this and that it won't be in vain. And I will make sure that I use this and transform it into a weapon of power. Like you can, I can guarantee you that I will be with you every step of the way. And it's difficult, yes, when it, you know, it's happening, but it's just so amazing how God shows us his protection what that looks like and how his protection is so amazing that it actually transforms our lives and the lives around us. It doesn't just keep us from harm. That's not his end game. His end game is for us to be completely transformed and full of power, walking like children of the king. Um, so it's just, wow, I'm just amazed at God and what he's able to do even in the midst of pain. I want to jump us over to another scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And one of the things that God has been talking to me about when we were discussing this concept of, of, of pain and how do, you, how do you begin to walk out love again, and choose love again, because that's ultimately it. How do I begin to choose love again? And right here, God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And God began to show me that pain is not the problem. Pain is not the issue. Pain will come, and it's, it, it's going to come. It's inevitable, and it's actually a great growing process that can happen through pain. But what happens when pain sits there? is that it manifests into fear. Mm -hmm. And what happens is now the fear grows and we're like, I have to protect myself. I'm afraid that no one else is going to do it. I'm afraid that I'm alone. I'm afraid that this is going to happen to me again. I'm afraid that, you know, the, the more I love, the more I get hurt. I'm afraid. So in, instead, I'm going to sit in this fear as opposed to choosing love. And fear, God is showing me, fear will keep you not only from Loving others, it'll keep you from loving yourself, and it will keep you from loving God. Hmm. So now the question becomes, when I'm experiencing that fear of like, okay, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again. I'm afraid this is, gonna get, this is going to happen. I'm afraid that if I choose love, I will get hurt. So now the question is, how do I choose love when I am a So the way I was able to get through um, a lot of my situations is, um, is ultimately just, kind of just trusting God. Um, sometimes I have made decisions without even consulting him, and that's where I know now um, that that's where the error was. But to choose to love again, um, I can honestly 100% agree that I've always, even, even now, like I, I, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that... I'm going to be hurt, and I don't want to go through what I went through again when I was in Germany. And that happened to me, like, maybe 11, 12 years ago or so. Um, but I still completely remember the pain that I went through, and I am afraid of it, but trusting God. So all of that, to me, translates to trust and trusting his process. You know, Chelsea really said something key. And, and she said it really well, and I found myself saying, yep, I've done that before. You know, sometimes we we find it hard to push past love because we kind of, we don't trust God. We don't trust him because we, we want what we want, you know. I want that. So I trust God that you're going to 
kind of align with what I want as opposed to aligning with what he wants. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the trusting him is a trust if he tells me no. And you know what? You know, I'm going to be honest. Like, you can maybe think back. And God is, I'm just going to go out and just step on a limb and say, I can pretty much tell she's probably warned us about everything we probably shouldn't do. <laughs> he, he, I'm sure he has. Yeah. You know, there's been something there. If we were not always maybe aware, right, you know, there could have been blinders up. On our end, there may have been things we, we didn't know, but I, I would be safe to say that I can probably, I'll talk about me. I won't blame anyone else. We'll just blame me right now. He's told me, okay? He's made it. And, you know, he, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was things that, you know, he's giving you to say, you know, that's not going to work right there. But a lot of times what we do as women and I believe it's a gift, right? He gave us this gift that we can see things. Man, we can see the best in anything because he's given us a gift as nurturers to nurture even the smallest little thing that we find inside of a person. And what happens is we use that gift with everybody. And it's not supposed to be used all the time with everyone. It doesn't mean it's not there. And so I'm saying all that to say how do we do it? We trust him and we listen to him. And if he tells you to run, you suit up, put those Nikes on, and you start running, chick. Don't stay. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to save the day. Go. You know, if he tells us, and, you know, if he tells us not now or, you know, no, that's not what I have for you, it's just trusting that he has the best for us and that all situations just not, they're not for us. You know, everything is not what we need. He, he knows what um, he wants to give us, so. Definitely trusting him and listening and being obedient. Yeah, I think that's, I think you guys are both spot on about um, how you push through that pain and, and trusting God again. As you were talking, Janice, it just really made me think about, like, are you communicating with God in, mm-hmm. in your pain? And, you know, trust is a result of that communication. And are, are you communicating with God and consulting God for our discernment and direction and guidance? Um, and asking God to lead you to what he has for you, or are you just saying, no, God, this is what I want, so I'm just going to go over here and do this. And, you know, meanwhile, God may be saying, no, that's not what I have for you, but we do it anyways. And sometimes, you know, the pain that we go through could, could sometimes be self-inflicted because we're not being obedient. We're not walking with God. We're not consulting him. We're not, you know, listening and, and communicating with him. Um, but I totally agree a thousand percent that um, trust, um, one of one of my favorite scriptures that talks about trust is, um, I think it's in the book of Romans where it says, God works all things out for the good of those who love him. And that's like my, my go-to scripture when I kind of feel like, okay, I don't know if I should trust God on this one or should I just trust my intuition or my instincts? Like, no. This is what God's word says, and that's always kind of like my go-to when, when I feel like I have to question uh, whether or not I'm going to trust God. But I, I think you guys are both spot on with those. And can I just say this real quick? Because, you know, I, I know well, somebody could be saying, well, oh, my gosh, well, if it's my fault, then that's what I get. Nope, wrong answer. It's not what you get because love is also full of grace. God is not like us. He doesn't think like we do, right? So he is so awesome that he made a plan that he knew if you got it wrong, even when you knew better, that there's a way out, okay? And his name is Jesus Christ. So do not beat yourself up. Um, I know it because I've done it a million times. He is, his grace is amazing, and his love, that's why his love is the love we have to turn to, because it covers 
oh, man, covers more than you could ever know. So don't beat yourself up. It's okay. That's so good. We win. That is so good. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, I know we're nearing the end, um, but so many amazing things have been said. And I kind of want to jump off of something that Ryan said, which is we start with our relationship with God. We may be experiencing a ton of pain right now. There may be something that is going on right now, and you're like, okay, what in the world? How do I get through this? And we may not even hear, be hearing God right now. We might, you might be hearing us say, you know, talk to God, find out what he wants, and you're like, I, I don't know what he's saying. There's so much pain right now ringing in my ears. I have no idea. So now is the time to begin to develop or reestablish your relationship with God just by carving out time with him, even if you don't even know what to say. And one of the things that um, I was seeing is doing a relationship checkup, even if you're not experiencing pain right now, even if you're in the highest point of your life and you're like, this, my life is the bomb right now. I don't know if people still say the bomb. I don't know. Well, anyway. Um, but, no, but no matter where you are, doing a relationship checkup with you and God. Let's see where we are. And using 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, to see where you and God are, to see where you are in your relationship. By asking yourself questions and, and, and seeking God and seeking the Holy Spirit for the answers. For, the, for instance, number one, am I patient with God? God, am I being patient with you? Is that an area where there's a breach in our relationship? Do I need to learn how to do that and to be patient with you and allow God to teach you? Love is kind. Am I kind to God? Am I being kind to God? And this might seem like something interesting to do if you're experiencing pain. It's like, why would I spend this time doing a relationship checkup between me and God? Throughout all of the stories, throughout all of these testimonies, the thing that resonates and rings true is that once we realize, again, that God loves us and that God has it all under control, that pain begins to heal. Once we realize that God has a plan and that God hasn't left us, that pain begins to heal. Sometimes we try to do it all on our own, but once we take that time to invest in our relationship with God, we start to experience healing in other areas of our life. Really examining where your relationship is and being honest, just sitting there with God, going through this love and sitting there and saying, God, you know, these are some areas that are, there is a breach in our relationship. These are some areas where there is some brokenness in our relationship. There is some brokenness in the way that I am interacting with you, and I'm ready right now to heal our relationship first. A lot of times we try to heal the wounds that we have all over the place. But the truth of the matter is once we heal our relationship with God, once we allow him to heal that, Everything else starts to heal. That's like, I've heard this testimony over and over and over again. I got hurt. I separated myself from God. And then I re began to realize again that God never left me, that God never forsook me, that he never turned his back on me, that he was always there. And once I, start, once I turned back into the direction of God, once I realized he was always there, all of a sudden all the pain I'd been carrying for years started to heal. So once we focus our attention 
back on God. And it might be difficult and it might be tough. And you might be saying right now, okay, how in the world am I going to do that? Even if you sit in a room, quiet, feeling crazy, and just go through this little checklist of what love is and say, where am I in my relationship with God? Be honest with him and then say, Lord, heal our relationship. Heal, heal our relationship first. I need our, me and you, I need this relationship healed and functioning properly first. And then you're going to experience healing like, it's like a domino effect. Healing in a lot of areas where you're experiencing pain, once that main core relationship is all healed up, um, in some of these areas in which we begin to realize that there are breaches with, between us and God. Once those things get healed, oh my goodness, we're going to begin to see so much transformation in our lives and in the lives of those around us as well. Girl, I was about to go get in the closet now, but I'll wait until we finish recording. I think it's awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, ladies. Well, we are nearing the end. Uh, we're actually at the end of this uh, podcast, and it was this was a kind of a tough chew. Like uh, there's a <laughs> there's a faith mama, Keisha. Shout out to Keisha. She's always saying like really country sayings. Like you know that was some tough chew, and I'm always cracking up. So this was <laughs> you know really talking about um, and digging into pain and how do we how do we heal and how do we reestablish a relationship with God. So I encourage you, if you are not in the Faith Mamas um, group on Facebook, please, please get in on that group because we are going to be chewing up this topic some more. This is something that we're going to have to dig into all week and really press into and really hold one another accountable uh, because God wants to do some amazing things. And he's saying, I want our relationship. God wants his relationship with you to be healed and mended. Healed and mended. A lot of times we think about how do we heal and mend our relationship with our mom or our dad or our sister or our husband or whatever. And God's like, let me heal and mend the relationship here first. And I'm really excited for us to be able to talk about that um, in the Faith Mama Faith Facebook group. So if you're not in it, please, please join. I'm going to um, toss it over to Chelsea and see if she would be willing to pray us out today. Absolutely. Lord God, I just thank you for this time that you've that you carved out, even though this weekend was really busy. I feel like this was the perfect time to have a talk about this topic, especially in a time in my life where, you know, there is a lot of fear and uncertainty. And I know I'm not alone in this. There's people all over the world, oh Lord, that are just broken and in pain. And I know that if you were there for me, that you'll be there for them. And so I just ask God that you... Um, you show them what love is and that you show up in their lives in, in whatever way, even if it's not an audible voice or, but, you know, send people their way like you, like you did for me, um, a brother in Christ that was able to pray with me and for me um, through my situation. You always provide like an escape route and I love you for that, God. And I just um, ask that you provide an escape route. Lord, I feel like the topic of pain and fear is just something that everyone, you know, tends to face and I thank you for the scripture uh, that you that you put out today that you didn't give us a spirit of fear and that's something that we all just need to remember that um, when we go through our situations we shouldn't we should go through with a spirit of boldness um, and and trust you through any process that we go through whether it's love or um, 
relationships, of finances, anything that you presented us with. But I ask that you also just bless all these women on the call and anyone that's listening, that, that my testimony, um, that people can relate to it, and I know many people can, and there are other situations that are far, far um, different uh, than mine, and I just ask that, that somehow um, this reaches a lot of people to learn to love you and to reexamine their relationships, not just with other people, but with you, that you are the, the center of, of our lives, of everything that is, um, everything that is, is from you. And so I thank you. I thank you for your love and your compassion, your patience, um, and just being the God, the Father, just who you are in um, helping us grow and build uh, on your foundation. In Jesus' name, amen.